Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And you see a, a three shot today. Uh, we've got two great guests. Uh, of course, you know, Jason Cameron comes on every Monday to do a weekend wrap up of sports. Uh, first, hey, Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing well, man. So, nice. It's always nice to have a Monday off. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And we got Barry Grant Jr. from the All Evening Podcast, all the way from New York City, joining us. Uh, this is going to be fun, Barry. I'm glad you could come in and, uh, yeah, do this with us today. Yeah, man. It's been a while, Darren. It's been a while. I appreciate you having me on. You know, me and Jason, uh, definitely looking forward to this, man. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, this will be a blast for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a, a holiday weekend. I don't think you guys have a holiday weekend down there. Uh, we're celebrating Thanksgiving today. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Barry, any idea why uh, you think Canada celebrates their Thanksgiving uh, a month before the U.S. does? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah, uh, I... I actually don't know the hundred percent reason, but I think it's because we had a we have an earlier harvest, and they decided they would uh, harvest all the food and vegetables, get the turkey uh, in, in the oven, uh, everything ready for uh, our big meal, and uh, I think that's why. Have Have you heard uh, anything different, Jason? No, no, I haven't. It would make sense though, because like if you look at. Uh... Uh, where we're positioned, which is above the U.S., where they're hat. Uh, and since because of that, because of our temperature, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because yeah. we're colder up here than they are down there. We've and, and also, pretty, too. We, what? Go ahead, Barry. Now, I said also, too, you guys are pretty quick to the gun in regards to things. So maybe you just, <laughs> maybe you guys are just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like it that it's a little bit farther away from Christmas. Uh, you know, you're, you got Thanksgiving and then you got Christmas so tight together. You got. Yeah, it's you know, messy. You, you, it's messy. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's not good. It's messy. I know what you mean. Yeah. So. Uh, we, we've actually had two long weekends in a row. We've had three long weekends in the past month, and uh, this is totally unusual. Uh, can you guess why we had a holiday last weekend? There was a holiday last weekend, too? Yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, you want to take this and let him know why we had a holiday last weekend? Well, it, it's it's kind of important. It's it's actually very important. It, it the basically the holiday there, Barry. It's a, it's uh it's called Truth and Reconciliation Day, and it's a holiday geared towards our our the people of First Nations. Okay. And because of the fact of like what happened with them and their culture and how they were try how they were abused over the past okay. many many years and stuff, and then the fact with the fact that um, mass graves were found from like residential schooling and stuff that was just all first nations children. Mm. So with that being said, they do, they created this holiday so that we could remember, you know, we could remember the fact of what happened to them as a people and that we could hopefully all learn and grow from this and move on from that and I hopefully mean, avoid any further tragedies. That's a great holiday. I mean, we we're celebrating a holiday today here in the States. It's Columbus day. And for me, I don't celebrate Columbus day and we know why. Uh, oh, yeah. We don't celebrate Columbus Day because I am not celebrating somebody who pillaged and took advantage and destroyed, you know, it, it's 
you know, it, we, we all know what it is. So it's yeah. like, you know, we'll take the day off, but I'm not going to wish anybody a happy Columbus Day. I haven't I haven't done it since I was like 12, honestly. Like, so, yeah. you know. Good. Yeah. Makes sense. Good for you. Yeah. And we uh, we actually had a holiday about a month ago uh, because the queen died and uh, our government. Uh, we belong to the Commonwealth for uh, our history. And so we uh, we had a day that day to remember her and the day she was being buried and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been unusual. Uh, two holidays just sort of came upon us. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, nice question. To get yeah. Question. Is that going to be going forward or that it was just a one a one time thing? One off. Okay. That's just a one-off, yeah. I think yeah. that's just a one-time thing. Uh, yeah, ninety. What did she left? Live to ninety-six years. So, well, first um, off, yeah. I'm just gonna interrupt you and say, when she did die, I'm gonna be honest. I was surprised because I didn't <laughs> think she was ever gonna die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, she, she lived forever. She, yeah, she seemed like she was gonna live forever. That's for sure. Yeah. No, man. Like I, you know, for. For what she did, what she accomplished, obviously, it was impressive. It was amazing. And the fact that she literally worked until the day before she died. She was yeah. still working, still getting yeah. stuff done. So yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, she actually did work the, the day before, uh, recognized the new prime minister. And she had a big, uh, they had a big ceremony to bring him into power. Yeah, crazy. Uh, amazing that uh, she was able to do what she did. Yeah. Uh, completely, completely yeah. amazing, amazing lady. And again, I, it's still, I know obviously she was going to have to pass at some point in time, but you just didn't think it was, well, anyways, I thought it was just never going to happen. I just, you know, yeah. I just assumed. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Um, this was obviously a wild card weekend. Uh, a lot of, a lot of baseball going on. Uh, you shaking your head there, Barry, uh, uh, I guess not happy that the Mets uh, ended up getting knocked out. Listen, Darren, I, I today <laughs> it's one of the saddest days I've I've had in regards to being a sports fan because the last time my team was this successful in the regular season, uh, I mean we had real aspirations to win a World Series. I mean we're talking about the only season that I can compare this to. Is 88. I was wow. three years old. Wow. And obviously I wasn't watching the Mets, but I know deep history about this team. And that team was destined to win the World Series. Um, we had beat the Dodgers 10 out of 11 games that year. And we ended up losing in game seven in the playoffs to the Dodgers. Jeez. And it was that it was it was like. The, the air just left the room. That's how it felt in Queens over these last three days. Honestly, the Mets have been really, really subpar for the past month since September, since they beat the Dodgers. Um, and we had a very favorable schedule to be able to run the table, win the division, get the bye, possibly be, be right there in the running for the best record in, in major league baseball. And we completely shit the bed. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's upsetting, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is the start of a new regime. Cohen's first year really owning the team, yeah. putting the pieces together, but there's a lot of play uh, a lot of players that are not gonna be here next year. There's a lot of guys on one year contracts and there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of free agents on this team. So it's going to look very, very different next year. And uh, we're just hoping that, you know, the GM and everybody can be able to uh, put together a, a contender because you don't want to go down from here. You want to just continue to go up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since Cohen has taken over, uh, he's shown that he has deep pockets that he's, uh, you know, willing to open up the purse strings and, and, you know, get some top end talent. Uh, you know, there, there are uh, a lot of really, really good players there that are, you know, probably all going to need, uh, you know, more money now that they had this year, but um, yeah, the, it was a shock that the Braves uh, were able to come back on them and uh, take the division. Cause having that buy going forward, uh, they sure would have, had such a easier road uh, to yeah. go farther. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, a lot of people say that, you know, the Braves caught them. It, the Braves are the defending world series champions. People have sure. to remember that, right? Sure. This is not a team that just came out of nowhere and they were down 10 games in the division. And all of a sudden they got hot. They're the champs. They're the chance for a reason. They have a great team. And it's very rare that you see two teams in the same division win over a hundred games. So to say that the Mets collapsed and won 101 games, it shows you the type of season that they had, right? The right. problem that I have with the Mets in regards to um, how the season kind of fizzled out is certain things happen because of the moves that you make prior. Mm -hmm. At the trade deadline, Billy Epler decided to go bargain hunting instead of going to go get himself some real bats. And you get what you pay for sometimes, you know, guys like Darren Ruff, guys like Vogelback. Vogelback was pretty good, you know, had his moments, but Darren Ruff was a complete disappointment. And when you have injuries and guys are not hitting like that, you this is where those big trades would have helped you because you would have had more help in the lineup while the pitching is kind of working itself out. It was the offense that was really tanking in the last month of the season. So and then the pitching obviously didn't show up against the Braves and it didn't show up against the, the Padres here. But, you know, he's going to learn that this is New York and you can't penny pinch here. You have a you have a you know, you have a blank check. Make sure you make the right decisions and go for the big hits. Go for the big yeah. guys. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, we have, a, you know, a country here that pretty much uh, supports the Blue Jays across oh, uh, the only nation, Oof. you know, the only team in the nation. And uh, we had this, you know, similar result. Uh, getting knocked out uh, in was two rough. games like that was, uh, that was really tough. Uh, they actually also uh, seemed to just, um, you know, make some tweaks at the deadline. Didn't go all in like a lot of the other American League teams and and uh, lost to Seattle. Uh, Jason was down for a four-game series in July, uh, and the Mariners swept the Jays. Yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't that big of a surprise, but I think a lot of people started thinking that the Jays were going farther. They had, you know, were, were determined that uh, this was the year and uh, two games later uh, they're, they're going home. Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys had a great off season, you know, you, everybody was talking that the blue Jays actually had one of the best off seasons in baseball uh, last year. So, you know, you guys were primed and everybody picked you guys to win a division. Uh, you know, it didn't start off that great, but, you, you you know, you found your footing and ended up getting hot towards the second half of the season. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Baseball is a cruel sport. Um, it really is. Like, it can break your heart. Like, you, you know, you can think that your team looks good, 
and they're destined to go deep into a playoffs and have a good run. And then just like that, things happen. So, you know, I think the Blue Jays uh, going forward, I think they're fine. Um, I think they're they're going to need a, a little bit more starting pitching. Um, but, you know, offensively, I, I think they're in a good space. You guys have really young talent. You guys have good players. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be one of those years where they actually, you know, crack through and you're in a good division. So, you know, that that happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. Um, it, there are a lot of Mariners fans because we're here on the West Coast. We're only two hour drive away from Seattle. Uh, as I said, Jason uh, took that trip down there this year. Uh, those Mariner Blue Jays games are really fun. Uh, yeah, Jason. Uh, yeah, remember how uh, great it was to go down there with all the Canadians and and having fun. Uh, that, that was, you know, you said that was the trip of your summer. Uh, yes, it was, and it was fantastic because of the fact that we kind of seemed to take over the stadium, so to speak, and it was it was just great to see the sea. Uh, blue and white jerseys out there representing the Blue Jays. Now, what would have been better is if we'd won a game. That would have been better. But yeah. unfortunately, we, we we couldn't pull that off. But <laughs> at the same time, it, it was enjoyable. It was a great yeah. experience. It was great games. And then also, too, like anybody that gets a chance to go to that that stadium that the Mariners play in. Beautiful. Uh, you got to go. Got to yeah. go, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not called Safeco anymore. Don't they? they have a they have a different name now, right? Uh, I want to say yes, <laughs> but I always uh, just remember that Safeco. I just I just remember yeah. Safeco. That's you yeah. know I, I know I'm sure it has a different naming. You know they, they have yeah. a different branding now. I'm sure, but it's exactly. always gonna be Safeco to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. I know. Too. Yeah, it is hard to keep up with uh, yeah, branding for stadiums and stuff. Too it's much. ridiculous. Yeah, Too much. It's brutal. It's not good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, it's good for the uh, Mariners franchise. Uh, yes. You know, they were out of the playoffs for 21 years, yeah. uh, lost a generation of fans that, uh, you know, really will support a team that makes the playoffs, not being able to be there for that long. Right. It was really tough. I, I noticed a big drop-off in support, and uh, now they, they've finally got some playoff baseball. I was thinking that if the Blue Jays did beat them <laughs> – you know, they didn't even have a home playoff date. Right. So, you know, it's pretty tough when your team finally makes the playoffs after 21 years and you don't <laughs> even get a chance to go see them live. Right. Uh, so it's pretty good for them. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, man, they finally have a cornerstone superstar yeah. that they can really say this guy may be the next yeah. big thing. Like, obviously, all those years back, they had a guy named Ken Griffey Jr., right? No, so, no. you know, this is something that they can be able to build on. He's a he's a he's a a very personable kid. He's, he, he smiles. He loves the game of baseball. He's extremely talented. So I think the Mariners, honestly, they have a chance to go deep. Yeah. Like, I would not be shocked if the Mariners end up in the ALCS. I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me, yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes it's the hot hand that gets deep. Right. It's not about the best team everybody knows that the Dodgers are the best team but we can see a team that honestly goes deep because they're hot like the the Cleveland Guardians I was about to call them the Indians but the the Guardians they are a young team they're the youngest team in baseball they're fun to watch they're very exciting so you know I'm just gonna sit back and watch it as a miserable Mets fan I still love baseball as long as the Braves don't win I'm fine (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> as long as the Braves don't win, I'm fine. I, and, and the Phillies as well. Braves and Phillies <laughs> don't need either of those winning and the Yankees. That's it. Those three teams, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Okay. Any, any one of those three teams, I will be miserable for the rest of the for the rest of the winter. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, let's let's hope for your sake uh, those teams don't don't yes. win at all. But uh, yes. it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I've been enjoying the playoffs so far. It sure yeah. it sure ramps up the excitement yeah. level, and it does. And uh, you know, just se- seems to mean so much more every pitch and. And I really had fun watching the games this weekend. Listen, boys, it's the it's the best time of year right now for me, obviously, because baseball playoffs. You got the NFL that's in full swing. You have hockey starting. You have basketball starting soon. So all the major sports are they're in full gear now. You know what I mean? So that I I love this time of year. I really do. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the NFL. Uh, week five is almost in the books. Uh, just one more game about to kick off in about an hour. Yeah. Uh, lots of amazing stories coming out of the NFL this weekend. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, I really want to uh, uh, throw out some topics and uh, yeah, hear some takes from you. Um, I want to start actually with the NFC East. It was called the NFC Least for uh, quite not, a few not years recently, <laughs> but uh, I hear some people calling it the NFC Beast now. Right, back, and, like back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles leading uh, only undefeated team. Uh, the Giants 4-1 and one, and the Cowboys 4-1, and one, uh, both looking super strong this past weekend. And uh, yeah, this is a division that uh, has some of the class of the whole league right now. Uh, very exciting and, and quite the turnaround. Not nah, definitely. You, Jason, you want to take it? Well, first off, okay. I, I just want to make one comment about like what Jerry Jones had to say about like there being a, a quarterback controversy. <laughs> what well, is there? Is there a big D? Like, because now that Cooper Rush is like, oh, I'm four and one. Maybe Jerry's right. Maybe Jerry got a point. Maybe I just, come on, give me a break, man. No, 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 and no again. But that Prescott is good to go. That Prescott goes in. But I will give Cooper Rush his flowers because he does deserve that. The man has managed to finagle the Cowboys to a 4-1, like, you know, start, which is awesome. Because if I'm back, I'm like, oh, keep doing that, man. Give right. This is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, I, I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, I've said it on my show numerous times. Yeah. I, 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 I like to troll and I, I like to say that I'm the villain, right? But the one thing that I I appreciate um, Cooper Rush for is the fact that he's very poised. And no matter what happens, you know, I remember when he took that big hit from Jalen Ramsey uh, yesterday, got up, dusted himself off, and he kept his composure. It's the one thing that I believe that Dak Prescott needs a little bit more of is composure. He's Mm -hmm. not a quarterback to me that, looks confident in certain situations. Cooper Rush has the same mindset or the same face. It, it doesn't yeah. change. So yeah. for the yeah, exactly. So for, for your team, for your team, that's a big pick me up when they look at their quarterback and they know that, man, this guy has all the confidence in the world and we're, we're going to, we're going to get this done. No matter how we're going to do it, we're going to find a way to get it done because they believe in him. He may not have the talent, but his leadership, qualities are out the roof his intangibles are out the roof 
And I think Dak Prescott needs to have a little bit more of that. And I think that's where he can be able to crack through and become an elite quarterback. But until then, you know, he's good. But, um, you know, you're 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 always going to have guys like Jerry Jones and others needling him because of those situations. You know, he, he needs to take that next step. Yeah, well, when Dak signed the uh, $160 million deal, uh, I think he pretty much was, in everybody's eyes, cemented in there as the quarterback for the very, you know, for the long-term future. Uh, and they gave him $95 million of that guaranteed. So, uh, you know, you really can't go in another direction, can you? No, no, you can't. I, I mean, listen, just there's never been a $40 million backup quarterback. Right. And and the thing is, is that a lot of people say, oh, Cooper Rush looks better. He looks better because, one, this defense is a top three defense. This is a top three defense in the NFL. We're not just talking about the NFC or the NFC East. This is one of the top three defenses in all of football. They are nasty. They get after the quarterback and Trayvon Diggs is playing out of his mind. So when you have a defense like that, when they're running the ball as effective as they're doing, Cooper Rush has become a game manager. You can't then put Dak Prescott in that same situation and say, hey, do what Cooper Cup, uh, do what Cooper Rush is doing because he's a $40 million quarterback. You pay him to throw the football. You don't pay him to manage the game. So it's a different offense. It's a different scheme. Now, can they mix it up a little more instead of being so pass heavy now? I think that's what they should do. They should run the ball more. They should utilize the uh, play action more because Dak Prescott is a very good play action quarterback. So if you have the running attack now that's playing well, that play action attack gets better. So I think um, going forward, when the Dak does come back, hopefully he doesn't come back next week against the Eagles. Cause that's, that's not a good game to come back to. Um, but when he does come back, I, I think they need to have that same strategy where they're going to dominate the, 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 you know, the running attack, make sure that you control the tempo that way. And then Dak Prescott can make his plays. You know, I think that's a good formula going forward. Yeah. Well, they they beat the Rams, uh, defending Super Bowl champion. We know the Rams uh, won that Super Bowl basically because of their defense. Uh, was this a changing of the guard? This uh, showing that uh, Dallas is now a superior defense to those defending champs. I, I think I think Dallas has shown over the last two years that they're for real in regards to the defensive end. Uh, I think what's going on with the Rams is that it's hard to repeat. It's hard to stay on top. It's when you win a Super Bowl, when you win any championship, to be able to get back there and to keep that hunger. And the team is not the same team. Um, you know, they got they got Billy Wagner. That was a great um, addition, right? But excuse me, Bobby Wagner. But um, yeah. offensively, there's the problem. Offensively, they're not running the ball great. The offensive line is not blocking great. Yeah. Allen Robinson has been a complete dud, and he, and they signed him for what fifteen million dollars a year. So we're talking about a guy that was that 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 was brought in to be, you know, a a, a number two, a real legit reliable number two, and he's not even that. So they have big issues on the offensive side of the ball, and it's not just one thing. Also, you have Matthew Stafford that's not looking too confident right now, and he's just throwing the ball to Cooper Cup on every shot because he doesn't have any confidence in an Allen Robinson. There is no OBJ on the other side. There is no Robert Woods. 
you know, so there's a lot of things that they need to do. And it, it starts with trying to, you know, revamp that offensive line and get him some protection because, yeah. you know, when you play teams like Dallas that have a good front seven, when you play the Eagles, when you play, you know, the, uh, the Bucks that can be able to get after the quarterback, you have to protect Matthew Stafford because if you don't, he's going to turn the ball over a lot and you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it might be a bit of a, a Super Bowl hangover. You said it's tough to repeat. Uh, we see the Bengals. Uh, they made it all the way this year. They're struggling as well. Uh, yep. Jason, what's uh, what's wrong with, with Cincinnati? What's wrong with Cincinnati? Well, first off, what was wrong with Cincinnati in the beginning there was their offensive line. But then, you know what? It took time for all those parts to come together yeah. for Cincinnati when their offensive line. And and as the, week, the NFL weeks have progressed, you saw them get better and better and better. All right? Yeah. But then, in the, again, in this in this game that they just had against the, the Ravens, you know what? They kind of had it. But Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson stuff yeah, to get exactly. them that win. And also... Yeah. I don't know if I can really lay that at the feet of the defense because Lamar Jackson, you could somewhat argue is possibly having an MVP type season right now. Yeah. You know? So, sure. so with that, you know, like, so Cincinnati, I think they're still there. I think obviously there's still room for improvement. And I think one of the major things that obviously improved on is their offensive line. And the fact that Burrow's just not constantly on his back and looking up at the sky, that really helps. You know, yeah. but, you know, at the same time, um, the defense just needs to be a little bit more accountable and all and and also too like stopping the run, the run game, you know, like they just they need to be on top of that. Like, they, yeah, their their linebackers got to be, be more attentive to the run. That's why well, also too, I'll piggyback off what Jason's saying that um, I can't really put it at the feet of the defense. I'm going to yeah. put it at the feet of Zach Taylor, the head coach. When you have. Joe Mixon as your running back, when you have uh, Joe Burrow as your quarterback, when you have Jamar Chase, when you have T. Higgins, when you have uh, Tyler Boyd, when you have uh, Hunter, Hunter, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the, the tight end, you know, they, they have, a, a, not Hunter Renfro, uh, oh. I can't remember his last name. Oh, Hayden but, um, Yeah, Hayden Hurst, excuse me. Yeah. If you have yeah. Hayden Hurst, you have a potent offense. You have great offensive weapons. And for you to have a boring dull, very vanilla offensive play calling, that's the problem. There's no creativity with that play calling. There's nothing when you have those dynamic playmakers on the outside as a run at, at running back, at tight end, you have to be able to take a little bit more chances. So for what I'm saying right now against a, a, a Baltimore defense that did that has not looked good all season, um, you know, granted it's a division game, good division games are all, always tough. I expected more offensively out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we talked about the uh, the Cowboys in the East. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, only undefeated team so far. Jalen Hurts is just having uh, an absolutely phenomenal breakout year. Uh, great last year, but uh, this year he's on another world, another planet, and uh, it's it's been phenomenal to watch. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I have to say that the Eagles look good, right? Um, their defense, I think their defense is, is uh, top three in the league. I, I think if I'm going to put the best defenses in the league, i got to put Cowboys, the Eagles, and maybe the Bucks. 
Uh, I think those are the three teams that have the best defenses right now, but the Giants are not a slouch either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you, you you have some teams here that defensive, they're scary. They, the, the Eagles defensively have everything that you need. Uh, linebackers that can run end to end. You have, you know, Darius Slay, who's a shutdown corner. The, the front seven is amazing. You know, like you said, Jalen Hurts is playing well. I've, you know, he's never been an accurate quarterback, even from his days in Alabama. Then he went, he went to Oklahoma, but he's playing well. I think he's put in the work. Uh, they get, they've given him weapons. He has AJ Brown on the outside. Devonta Smith, like he has some guys that can be able to make plays. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard at tight end, they're dangerous. And then when those guys are not getting open, now you have to worry about him using his legs. So it, it's 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 really a hard thing to game plan for. And I'm really interested to see how the Cowboys are going to game plan for him next week. That's going to be a very, very interesting. Game. I think that might be the game of the week for me personally. So I, yeah. I, I want to see how they're going to be able to uh, corral him because Dallas has not done well against against uh, mobile quarterbacks this season. Um, you know, Daniel Jones ran all over them. So, you know, if Daniel Jones can run over you and he's a, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. We got a guy like Jalen, Jalen Hurst that can be able to run for 200 yards in a game. You better be on notice. So, you know, they're probably going to have to keep a robber there. That's going to have to watch him. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, the Eagles, they're flying high, no pun intended. You know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're, they're looking good. And it pains me to have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I think that is a game of the week. It's the Sunday nighter, uh, a, a week from uh, right now uh, as we're speaking. Uh, yeah. That is huge. Yeah. I looked. I looked ahead for the uh, foreseeable future for the Eagles' record after this. If they are able to beat Dallas and, and get six and zero, uh, this is their next opponents. After that, they play the Steelers, who got shellacked by Buffalo. They play the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts. Uh, and then their next uh, tough opponent will be the Packers. So uh, we could see a team uh, maybe ten and zero uh, going, uh, you know, through this season. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, their schedules lining up uh, after that Cowboys game. Now, listen, they, they, there's some teams there that have some good defenses, right? The Colts, the Colts, the Texans are no slouch in regards to defensively. That's a nasty team over there. Lovey Smith is doing a really, really good job with the Texans. But, um, but to your point, I mean. If they're playing like this offensively, I, I don't see any of those teams really having a shot unless they have an off day. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Hey, Jason, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you speak about the Giants' huge win in London over the Packers, uh, and uh, now they're 4-0. Brian Dable doing a great job there. Uh, one. Somehow that, uh, the Giants were, were the Giants were able to – uh, really uh, shock everybody and beat the Packers. Great defense uh, at the end, stopping Aaron Rodgers on the third and goal and the fourth and goal and uh, pulling out the win. Yeah, uh, just like uh, Barry was saying, their defense is no joke. And they held. They held, the, like, the, the previous MVP quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. They held him. Yeah. Didn't let him score. And then that that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. And the other other thing I want to point to is the fact that Saquon Barkley, one of their leaders of that team, said before this uh, season that he was going to show who he was. Mm-hmm. He was going to remind people about just how good he actually is. And he's so far done that. 
this season. Like his his numbers, even in that game, thirteen carries, seventy yards, a touchdown, three receptions, thirty six yards. The man can can kind of do it all. He can do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and just with the way that he's playing and the fact that he's playing so well, like he's he's basically leading the Giants to some of these wins. Yeah. He's doing that, and and I'm I'm just impressed. I'm impressed with how he's playing, and I'm impressed with how Daniel Jones is coming across, and. The one thing with Daniel Jones in this game, they didn't turn over the ball. Right. Big deal. Big deal for Daniel. Huge deal. Huge yeah. deal. I mean, it's it's definitely what you said. Everything that you said was um was spot on, Jason. I think the biggest thing for me is that this team now believes that they can win games. Yeah. Um, Brian Dable has given them life. When you have an enthusiastic head coach like how he is. Um, that's very passionate, it's going to spill over on the team. Their preparation, they're ready for games. They're not looking like they're mailing it in. They get punched in the mouth. They're not taking it. They're, they're going to fight you. And, and that's, a, that's a mark of a good team. They're not super talented, but they're just willing themselves in regards to these games. And, and you have to be impressed with what they're doing there in, um, with the Giants. Now, again, I'm not a fan, but, you know, I, I appreciate good coaches and Brian Dable is a hell of a coach. Um, You know, I really, really have a, a great respect for him. So I, I love what, what the Giants are doing right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Giants fans are happy to get rid of the Joe Judge era. And, oh, man. Uh, get somebody in there that's confident man. and capable. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I kind of... um started thinking recently about uh, doing like a the second greatest segment on the planet uh, i know you got you do the first uh, dummy of the week and uh, it's always uh, great to anticipate and wait for that dummy of the week i kind of want to do like a hero of the week uh, okay somebody right. that's uh, on the good side of things i like that i like that that side of things yeah so i haven't quite figured out what we're going to call it what we're going to name it i I thought uh, Geek of the Week. No, that's maybe not the, what I want. Hero of the Week, something. Uh, Smarty Pants of the Week, something. But um, I, I, I wondered if you guys uh, have somebody that you'd like to throw your hat in the ring for them or that category. Do you, do you have somebody that, uh, you know, really was the, you know, the face of this week and did something really good? That's interesting. Go ahead, go ahead Jason. Uh I, I got I, I got one. I got one because nice. like he played out of his mind this week. He played out of his mind this week. And that'd be Justin Jefferson for the Ooh, Viking. Like it. Justin Jeff Jeff Jefferson, he, he basically put the team on his back. He said, yeah. Oh, would you look at that? I'll just put my Superman cape on and don't worry, guys. I got it. Right. I got it. And he did. Right. He did. So that would be my nomination, would be Justin okay. Jefferson. I I have I have two. I, and I don't know which one I'm going to put over the other, but I think, all right, I, for, for the first one, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, um, you know, the kid touched the ball a few times and touchdowns came with it. So, you know, when you have a 98-yard touchdown, that's impressive. Um, and then you come back again and you had like a 70-yard touch. Like, you know, this guy's just – he that was impressive to me. But the real hero of the week for me – um, Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker has not missed a second half field goal in this last, I think, 57 or 72 
attempts. So we're talking about fourth quarter, overtime. He does not miss. So a guy like that, to have a weapon like that when it's clutch time, you know that you can depend on him no matter how far it is, no matter what the two, no matter what the conditions are, no matter what the situation is, that guy is going to deliver. Justin Tucker for me. Nice. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he has been money, and uh, Baltimore uh, must love having the best uh, field goal kicker in the league. He just, yeah, he's just uh, automatic pretty much. Mo- he just, he's money. Yeah, he's money, he is man. money. Just march him out there, and you you got points on the board. Um, okay, I I really – I have also two, uh, like you do, Barry, and – uh, the one I, I thought about putting forward was Taysom Hill. Oh, oh uh, man. Four touchdowns. Yeah. Can you believe yeah. the, the day he had? <laughs> the Swiss Army night. Right. Uh, right. Four TD day. He actually even had a fumble recovery. Right. Returned some kicks. Uh, the guy some, was just yeah. all that was a, co- that was a college a game. day, I think. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I, that was, that's a good one, too. Yeah. A, Listen to his numbers. One. Nine carries for 117 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he threw uh, one pass, and it was a touchdown pass. <laughs> <laughs> he recovered a fumble, and he returned three kicks for 69 yards. Uh, the guy was just uh, incredible. It must be nice to have such a weapon. Yeah, on yeah. It, it, it really is, man. I mean, you know, you, you, you can't define him at, at a position. He's just a football player. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And and yeah. in, a guy like that, you have to try your best to get him on the field as much as possible. So, you know, shouts to to to, to Dennis Allen getting him out there and um, you know, using utilizing him to his strengths. You know, he's 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 an amazing weapon. He really is. He really is. Um, but okay, Taysom Hill, amazing week. Appreciate it. I think maybe next week you'll be here all the week for me. But I'm putting forward Matt Rule today for my hero of the week. <laughs> I uh, am amazed that a guy. I need to hear go, this. <laughs> I, I'm amazed that a guy could go home and spend the next four years sitting on his couch and collect forty million dollars uh, for being completely incompetent. Uh, man, I, I think I really have a new hero in my life. Uh, a guy that uh, just oh, has figured man. it out. Uh, I. I really want to sit on my couch and watch sports for the next four years and get paid forty million dollars for that. And and here's the here's the real funny part about that, Darren, is the fact that he's going to be in line for a big time college job. Yeah. So he'll be getting paid by the Panthers as well as getting paid by some college team as well. So I mean, listen, you, <laughs> Matt Rule is 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 a is a good guy right now. He's fine. He he's not mad. He's not mad at all. <laughs> no. Uh, when when that word came down that he got fired today, I don't think anybody was surprised. Uh, no. They've won one game out of their last 12, 11 and 27 that he's been there. When they handed him that, uh, that contract seven-year deal, I think a lot of people were quite shocked and quite surprised, uh, especially on a rebuilding franchise. And he just couldn't turn that around. And, and now he gets to collect that money. He, he goes and gets a college job, and right. he just keeps lying in his pockets year right. after year. It, the, the problem is that, you know, when you have a franchise like Carolina, right, that they've had, they've had 
little little success here and there. They've been to a couple of Super Bowls. Um, they're they're not consistently good. And when you have franchises that are not consistently good, they tend to make a lot of mistakes in their front office because they don't really understand what it takes to be a model uh, a model organization to win consistently. So yeah. they'll go ahead and sign a Matt Rule and give him all and give him GM duties and stuff like that because they just don't have an idea of what it takes to build a team the right way. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind would give Matt Rule. Uh, you know, roster duties. There's no way you're coming from college dealing with children, and you're gonna come to the NFL now and we'll have to and have to pick a you know help pick a team. It's not happening. That's no. it's not happening. No. Um, I, I think I think what they need to do is think wisely about trying to go get the next smart young uh college coach, young white college coach. All of these things like. They got Steve. They have Steve Wilkes there. Steve Wilkes is a very good coach. Steve Wilkes didn't get it. He didn't get a fair shot when he was in Arizona with the Cardinals. They fired him when he had no he had no help there. And then they went to go get Cliff Kingsbury. So I think they need to look at give give Steve Wilkes a real look um, and build it the right way. You know, build it the right way, because I think Steve Wilkes, if given the chance, I think he'll be an excellent coach. But. Is he gonna get the opportunity? The stats say no. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And also, too, I just want to jump in there. They, what the the Panthers should be doing is trying to emulate a team that they want to be. Right. So, where I want to be that organization going forward. So, how are they doing? Exactly. What are they doing to be successful to breed a culture? Look, of look what success? the Giants did. The Giants poached the the GM as well as the the OC from the Buffalo Bills, one of the most successful franchises in the last four years. So just like what you were saying, Jason, that's exactly what they have to yeah. do. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad you talked about the bills briefly. Cause uh, why don't we go to the AFC East and talk about uh, the, the bills. Uh, Pittsburgh has not suffered a defeat like that since 1989. And uh, that rebuilding is going pretty tough for them. But Buffalo uh, just is a juggernaut. And, uh, you know, the definite the class of the AFC right now and a team that uh, everybody's got to be really afraid to play because uh, they look like they're firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, everybody, if, if people want to say the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, they can say that's fine. I'm not going to dispute you. It's the Bills for me. The Bills are scary. The, yeah. the Bills can beat you up, and their air attack is just so deadly. And not and their defense is nasty as well. So, um, you know, I, I think Josh Allen coming out of college, I, I pegged to be better than Lamar Jackson. I told everybody it was going to happen, and I'm not shocked. This kid is, is good. He's a, he's a hard worker. Um, you know, they have a great culture there in Buffalo um, that's helping him, allowing him to succeed. They put weapons around him. And that's always that's always good. Um, so, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo is a scary, scary and dangerous team. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. And then their defense, like in their secondary. Yeah. I don't think it's even healthy yet. Right. They don't have all their pieces there. Yeah. So that means 
they're going to be scarier. They're going to be if, a if, lot if, scarier if, once everybody comes back. If they, if they can get that run attack good, if they can get their run game going, you know, because I, I think Singletary is okay. Moss is okay, but they're just guys, right? They they need to find something that can be able to spark that running attack because if they can get that aspect of their team rolling, I don't see I don't see any team de- uh, de- dealing with them at all, at all. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Gabe Davis as uh, your hero of the week, and uh, that ninety eight yard touchdown right off the start of the game was uh, absolutely incredible. But the the touchdown that he got where he wrestled the ball away oh, from man. the DB there, and, and they were fighting as they are going into the end zone. That that showed the hunger that you need oh, yeah. in a young guy that's going to – tough guy, you man. Know, yeah, tough yeah. customer and amazing touchdown to me. That was uh, even better than the 98-yarder. And that, that's, the type of, that's the type of stuff that you want to see out of young guys, that, you know, they're willing to go get the football and fight for that thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he – he has a little bit of Robert Woods in him, but he's faster. Obviously, like Robert Woods is a lunch pail type of receiver, right? I love Robert Woods. Gabe yeah. Davis has that lunch pail type of type of ability or or mentality, but he's a, he's a speedster. He can take the, the the top off the defense. So you know when you combine those two things, you know you you're you're looking at the at the start or you know the the the, the beginning of a of a really really great receiver here. Yeah, Jason, uh, give us the stats on. On Josh Allen's numbers in three quarters, he got benched for the fourth quarter. So Case Keenum came came in for some cleanup duty. Uh, this is like career numbers, uh, you know, amazing, uh, incredible numbers week after week. And that was three quarters. Yeah, and the one thing I love about Allen is his running attack. Oh, I, like I just love the way that he's a runs big guy. The he's a huge man, and then every once in a while, he just decides. I'm not gonna slide. I'm just gonna, just gonna put my shoulder. <laughs> just gonna run over you. <laughs> I'm just gonna run over you. And then, you know, normally other defensive guys would be like, "Oh man, you got blown up there." But then, if it's Allen, they're just like, "Well, yeah, yeah, he's big dude." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got blown yeah. Up. So five carries, 42, 42 yards, and then passing the ball, four hundred twenty-four yards only. You know, four touchdowns, just one pick. But he does this every week. Yeah. He's like he's doing this every week now. It's just like a regular occurrence for him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's impressive and uh, great to see such uh, high level offense like that. And yeah, him and uh, and Lamar Jackson uh, last week playing against each other. Uh, you know, just the evolution of the mobile quarterback that can throw for four hundred yards and run for one hundred and twenty yards himself. Uh, you know, these two guys. I think they're going to be the class of the NFL for the next 15 years. Absolutely. I mean, Steve Young is is very proud. <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, he's just like, listen, man, I, I could run, but I couldn't run like these guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, when you talk about the, the, the class of the quarterback position for the next decade, you're talking about Mahomes, you're talking about Herbert, you're talking about Allen, uh, Lamar, you know, so – the, the the NFL is in good hands in regards to the quarterback position. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also in New York, the Jets, they're above 500 after five games. Haven't seen that in a while. Uh, they got a big win over Miami. Um, obviously, taking out Teddy Two Gloves 
right away. Uh, he got sauced and uh, into concussion protocol. Yeah. Having to turn to their third string quarterback, it was crucial. But uh, the Jets uh, seem like they've turned a corner and, uh, you know, might have a, a decent year. Listen, I like what's going on with both New York teams right now. They Both New York teams are showing a lot of fight, a lot of grit. Um, Brees Hall, that kid is special. Like when you talk about, I, I am a, I look at the running back position in football. I, I analyze that position very, very deeply. Um, I can, I can always spot the next guy. Brees Hall has all the, the, the ability to be the next guy, just like the kid in, in Texas, uh, Pierce, Pierce. uh, Damian yeah. Pierce. I, I'm like Brees Hall, <laughs> Damian Pierce. Those kids, man, they are, they are the real deal. Big, they can catch it, they can run it, um, you know, they can change directions well. So the fact that they have Brees Hall, the fact that they have Michael Carter, who's still a really good running back, um, Zach Wilson didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a terrible game. And yeah. if they can have him have these average games and the defense can play as well as they've been playing, um, I, I think the Jets can possibly – you know, fall into eight or nine wins, possibly, yeah. you know, yeah. so we'll see, you know, the three and yeah. two right now. I mean, you know, they, they, they're looking good. They have some, they have some momentum. Uh, there's some good feelings around uh, the Jets right now. So, you know, hats off to Robert Sala and that crew and they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, uh, he, Brees Hall, uh, give us mm -hmm. his numbers. He almost had 200 yards, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he almost did, which was just ridiculous. 18 carries, 97 yards, one touchdown. But the one great thing, the best thing, like I actually did a double take when I saw that because I'm like, oh, that can't be right. Is that right? Two receptions for 100 yards. Yeah, he had he had <laughs> one reception for 75 yards of the touchdown. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was looking at that and I was like, he really did it. <laughs> he did it like that. Oh, that that's he's, he's special, man. He's a yeah. special kid. Trust me. Yeah. They, 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 the Jets, I said it after the draft. The Jets had one of the best drafts I've seen in the last decade yeah. from any uh, team. Nice. Yeah. Talking about even my Dallas Cowboys, that over the last decade, Dallas has had the most Pro Bowlers in the NFL, in the NFL right? Yeah. But what I've seen out of the Jets that last year in regards to the talent that they drafted in that one draft, it's it's one of the best drafts I've ever seen and, and definitely in the last decade. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, and also, I was going to yeah, go say ahead, Jason, yeah. real quick, real quick, uh, but what actually helped the Jets, too, in the, in the win of this game was the fact that they knocked out Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. And they had to play against, you know, their the, – Poor the Skylar Thompson. Guy. Yeah. 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 I didn't know who that was at first either. I was yeah. like, who is this dude? I mean, nobody did. But, you know, <laughs> just going back to Teddy Bridgewater, it's yeah. it's tough to see. And, you know, concussions have been on the forefront over the last uh, past few weeks now. Yeah. Um, The yeah. fact that they have two quarterbacks now in concussion protocol. Yep. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has had a history of concussions. So I hope that, you know, he's okay and he can be able to resume his career. But, you know, once you get older and you continue to take, you know, get those concussions, man, you know, the, the next step is to to walk away from the game. You know, Troy Aikman had to do it. Steve Young had to. There's a lot of people that had to walk away from the game in regards to hits. 
So, yep. and, and I'm trying, you know, I said it on my show um, this, this past week's show that it's not much the NFL can do. It's a violent sport. There's no breakthrough scientifically that is going to stop concussions. It's people running into each other at 20 miles yeah. an hour. So, you know, it's just, it, it's tough. It's really tough. So, you know, my hat's off to, to everybody, prayers up for everybody that, that's been dealing with it. You know, Naheem Hines, um, you know, he, he, he looked really, really bad on that Thursday night game. So, um, you know, that definitely hats off to him. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Thursday night. I want to talk about that in a few minutes. That was uh, one of the worst football games I've ever watched. So I don't want to dig too can, deep into can, that. But... <laughs> can you name a worse one? You said yeah. one of the worst. Can you name a worse one? <laughs> yeah, I was, oh, yeah, that was a dog. That was for sure. But um, speak, st- sticking with the concussion talk, uh, there was a play yesterday. Uh, Grady Jarrett uh, tackled Tom Brady, tossed him to the ground uh, on the tackle. And uh, got flagged for roughing the passer. Um, I think is that a knee-jerk reaction by the referee thinking thousand. that this, this causes a this caused a possible a concussion? Thousand percent, a yeah, thousand so percent. It was because it and, was horrible, horrible, horrible yeah. call. And listen, we already know why that happened, right? If this was Marcus Mariota. That passing, that 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 roughing the pastor doesn't get called. If that was Russell Wilson, roughing the pastor doesn't get called. Even if it was Patrick Mahomes, roughing the pastor doesn't get called. Thomas Brady, that passing, that that roughing the pastor is getting called. So we all know what it is. It's it's just as bad as the Tucker rule. It's the same thing. Um, you know, it, it was an egregious call. Were the were the Falcons going to win the game? No. But it's just one of those egregious calls that you just can't make. And it's just obvious to everybody is that it's Tom Brady. So, you know, it's just it's just really, really bad. Really bad. Yeah. Well, uh, well, he had sorry, sorry, Darren, but he had no. the audacity to touch Tom Brady. Right. What exactly. are you doing? Right. What are you doing? No, touch him. Maybe <laughs> you try to push him over. Right. Just shove that. him over. Yeah, shove, shove him, him over. over. But don't 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 tackle Tom. Don't you don't talk, do that. Don't, no, don't no. tackle Tom. Don't no, no. Peace. I, I heard somebody say he, we just put a mint on his pillow and place him on the ground, and uh, everybody will be fine. Yeah, lay, won't, lay, won't him, lay him, lay him, lay him down gently. You know, you know. Yeah. Every time you hit him, you apologize and you move forward. That's it. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Uh, in in the NFL, they haven't really had that Jordan rule like they had in basketball. Uh, basketball, you know, we always knew the veterans really got the calls. All the time, and you know, as a rookie, as a young guy going forward, you weren't getting the call. Uh, in the NFL, there's not that many players that have that uh, untouchable kind oh, of rule. But Brady has one. Can, can you guys name others? Uh, I, no. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, because the, the only person that Brady single handedly changed football in many ways. If you remember, um, the year that he tore his ACL, he got he got hit low. Towards yep. ACL, he was out for the season. They didn't make the playoffs that year, which is crazy, but the AFC East was really good that year. And that ended up, you know, pro, uh, uh, stopping those low hits on quarterbacks. So he's the one that has changed the face of, of football in regards to how quarterbacks are, are well protected. It's the reason why he's still playing, because if football was still – 
you know, uh, uh, played the way it was played 10, 15 years ago, Tom Brady would not be playing football right now. Right. So um, it's just, you know, it, the, the, the Brady rules have been in a quite a while, <laughs> quite a while, yeah. quite a while. Yeah. And also, too, like with the Brady rules, it's actually it's given us more, though. Yeah, because now because because of those rules, because now you got guys like Matt Ryan that were able to extend their career Drew Brees, like all these amazing quarterbacks because of those rules put in place right. to protect the quarterback. So. Right. And I, and I think that in itself is a good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it ended up being a good thing. Uh, okay, we mentioned the the Thursday nighter briefly. Uh, horrible, horrible game. Uh, the thing that stuck 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 out for me the most was that Broncos fans were leaving as overtime was about to start, and uh, that's got to be concerning for upper management ownership. Uh, he shelled out two hundred forty five million dollars for this new shiny toy and Russell Wilson, and you brought him in. You're not letting him play like he should be playing, and you're getting uh, terrible results out of it. Um, I think that Nathaniel Hackett is really close to getting that axe that Matt Rule got today. Um, but that was a, a dog of a game, and uh, it's tough to see Denver uh, after going out and trying to splash on the free agent market, get this huge big guy in, and and you know change this around, and uh, it has not worked. This has not worked whatsoever. Yeah, Jason. Oh, it it oh my goodness, has had never it, it hasn't worked at all. Like I'm looking at Russell Wilson, I'm thinking to myself, well, he has the weapons, he has these these options around him, so he should be good, right? Well, I guess I'm wrong. Like like I'm I'm completely wrong. Like he's he's not good. Like I I don't know if it's him trying to press too hard or it's because of the play calling from Nathaniel Hackett or if it's a combination of the two which is just giving me this thing on the field where I'm like this is like unwatchable like what are you guys doing and I believe on top of that they're the most penalized team in the NFL the Broncos so that means they're completely undisciplined that definitely comes from the coaching absolutely you know, so I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm going, like, what are you guys doing down there? Like, it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. And a lot of it didn't even make sense in the overtime when they lost. The play calling at the end in the red zone, I, my hands yeah. were up like this. Yeah. I, 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 did, I didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish. No way. I, I agree. I, I have a ton to say. About the Denver Broncos because it's it's multi layered. If we're gonna start with Nathaniel Hackett, let's go there. Like you said, play calling um, is questionable. Um, His game clock management questionable. Uh, When you have a head coach that brings in a consultant to help him with game time management, you have a problem. Um, And you know, I don't know if you if, if you guys heard about the USA Today. Um, coaches project. I had mentioned that on my show um, that they took a poll from GMs and owners about, you know, minority hires and the reason why guys don't get hired and certain things like that. And one of the main reasons was um, lack of game time management. 
So I said, I said, that's very interesting how you can criticize a minority candidate for having a lack of game time management when he's never had a job before. How can you, how, how can you criticize somebody if he's never had a job, right? Yeah. So you hire somebody who doesn't look like me or Jason. Yeah. However, he has a problem with game time clock management. So if it's not, it's not good for us. It's good for you, and you can be able to be bad at it and yeah. try to fix it while you're still employed. So it's one of those things that, you know, I, I always laugh at. That's one. The second thing is they have a huge, huge Russell Wilson problem. And it's not just the fact that he doesn't look good in the offense because those things can be able to get worked out. You know, Tom Brady and the and the and the Bucks didn't look good the first few games because they had no training camp. Things were still, you know, they're working it out. Him and Bruce Arians never got along, so they're trying to figure out that, that power dynamic. Um, so give it time to kind of work itself out. The problem that I have is that Russell Wilson is not a good leader. Nah. He has bad body language. He's always had bad body language. And nobody really looked at it in Seattle's because Pete Carroll really protected him. And he, they, he protected him to a fault because what happened with the Legion of Boom is that it caused and it created a lot of animosity towards Russell Wilson. That Super Bowl, that pass created a lot of animosity, but it didn't start there. It's, be, it's because of his lack of leadership. It's because of his lack of genuineness I, I a lot, i've heard this a lot about russell wilson what yeah. you see is not who he is and you can be able to look through that when you have when you have guys like aj hamler like showing you up on the field you don't see that happen to tom brady you don't see that happen to ben roethlisberger you don't see that happen to a whole bunch of really great acclaimed quarterbacks but you see that happening to russell wilson Right. There's a problem there. You see yeah. that, that they have a meme out there where Melvin Gordon is looking at Russell Wilson sitting on the sidelines drinking his water, and he's looking at him like, is this what we paid for? Like, this, <laughs> there's a problem there. Yeah. And even in his post-game press conference, the disconnect of him saying, oh, you know, Broncos, let's – we they, they don't want to hear that from you. No Broncos, let's ride or whatever it is. They want to hear – that you're going to be better, you're going to show more, you're going to be a leader. I'm starting to really think, guys, that it wasn't Russell Wilson that wanted out of Seattle. I think Seattle was done with him. And they realized it and they said, we're going to we, – we don't want to trade him unless we get what we want. If we get what we want, we'll ship him out. If we don't get exactly what we want, we'll keep him until we figure out how to be able to split and part ways. They got – they got a king's ransom for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks right now are in the better position than the Broncos are. I'm telling yeah. you that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, I love your takes. And, uh, yeah, I have heard a lot of uh, rumblings about Russell Wilson and not getting along with uh, guys for years. And, uh, you know, I thought that was sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes right. it's, you know, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, like, I wish he wasn't getting all that notoriety, but you, like you did say that when he threw that pick uh, in the Super Bowl, it started a divide that 
has has been there for many years. And, right. And it yeah. was there. Like I said, it was there before, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was yeah. it. That yeah. was it. The, the, the crazy thing about uh, here in Vancouver is that we get inundated with a lot of Seahawks talk because <laughs> uh, we all of our American channels are right. are Seattle based. And uh, the the rhetoric and the talk uh, as he was going out of town and Geno Smith was going to take over was that Geno Smith is. Uh, not capable of conducting an offense like Russell Wilson can, and this team's going to be rebuilding, and and they're going to be horrible on offense, and and we be prepared for a really really tough year on offense. Well, the offense has looked great. It's this defense that has looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, uh, probably the second worst defense in the NFL right now. Yeah. Detroit, and then them. Uh, they had another tough game yesterday and got blow, well, not blown out, but uh, you know, allowed another 39 points uh, to the Saints, and and uh, they didn't seem to uh, look on that side of the ball to fix things. Uh, they thought that the trouble was going to be on offense. Uh, you, you heard it, Jason, here uh, all the time. It was just focused on the offense, not on the how the defense was going to look. Yeah, because it's it's almost it's like we they just kind of forgot about it. It's like ah no no I think the defense is going to be fine. No, actually no, the defense is not going to be fine. The defense needs a lot of help. Um, but the thing that's been impressive to me has just been how Smith has been. Yeah. He's been fantastic. He's been excellent. Right. You could yeah. say that he's been one of the best quarterbacks in in the NFL right now. Like with his his game plan stuff. Like yeah. when you put up forty eight points and I. First off, I realize it's against the Lions. I get that. <laughs> I get it. But at the same time, he still put up 48 points, no. you know? And then no. he had 32 points against the Saints in this one. So he's not the problem. And you can, you can argue, too, that he's definitely playing better than Russell Wilson. So them moving Russell Wilson out of Seattle, brilliant move. Yeah. Brilliant move on their part. And also, too, I think the, the problem with Seattle that they've had um, – since the Legion of Boom has kind of dissipated, right, is that they have drafted poorly. John Schneider is one of the worst GMs in football. He has, I'm telling you, like when you talk about Seattle finding talent, they they got lucky drafting um, DK Metcalf. Lucky that teams just, you know, thought that he was at Ole Miss and didn't really didn't really impress that much. He was a physical freak, but they didn't they didn't know that he can catch the ball like that, right? No. They lucked out into getting him. But in regards to the defensive end of the uh, of the ball, they don't draft well. They don't get guys that can be able to be impact guys. They draft guys that are very, very marginal at best. So yes. that's the problem is that John Schneider is, it needs to be the next guy to go. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's, right. it's one of those things where they have to get somebody who understands how to build this team the right way. And they've been building this team very poorly over the last seven years. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're dead right there, uh, Barry. They, uh, they seem to get enamored with trying to find those guys that uh, everybody else missed on. Right. And this guy's going to be the diamond in the rough and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and prove everybody wrong that all 29 teams passed on me. And, and they, they, they got just, they, they found a few of those in his early years and then right. he just decided that that's what he was always going to search for. Not the best available, yeah. just the best guy that nobody else knows about. Well, nobody else knows about them because they're not high-quality top guys. 
And, uh, you know, they, they ended up having many, many, many bust drafts over the years. It's, it's a phrase that I like to I like to coin. I, I say don't chase the dragon. Right. It's about you seeing that 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 once in a once in a lifetime thing. And you think that that's the norm. That's not the norm. You know, the drafting the Legion of Boom, how you fell into seventh round uh, gems, sixth round gems. fifth. It's not the norm. You need to be able to do your scouting the right way. Have good guys that 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 know what they're doing at the college level to be able to find the right players. You're not finding the right players. And he's just thinking that he can be able to create another Legion of Boom. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Uh, we're a couple minutes away from kickoff on the Monday Nighter. Uh, a bit of a mismatch uh, when you look at the records. Uh, is it going to be a, a game that we w- want to watch uh, completely entirely? Uh, uh, Chiefs Raiders. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think so. I think yeah. that you know it's a division game. Right. And division games are always fun to watch. The Chiefs and the Raiders have always played each other very, very tough. Yeah. I picked the Raiders to win this game tonight because I think the Raiders, um, wow. I think they're poised to win a big game. They're, you know, Derek Carr hasn't looked that good, but no. I think I think they're poised to have a breakout game tonight. Doc, call me crazy. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? Oh. <laughs> okay, Barry. All right. So, so you feel comfortable. Just kind of okay. So let me let me phrase this like this: You feel comfortable about going against Pat Mahomes, like I felt comfortable going against Brady in the Super Bowl when they were playing the Falcons. That's how comfortable you feel, right? Is, is that is that what I'm right? I'm not that I'm not that comfortable, but I'm a little. I, I'm gonna give them the edge. I want to give them a slight edge tonight because, like like I said, if you look at the last few matchups that they've had, they played each other very well. I think Derek Carr, you know, he hasn't looked good this season, obviously, but the entire team hasn't looked really good this season. So, you know, it's time for them to kind of settle down. Um, The the one concern that I have, it's not the it's not the talent. It's not the defense. It's not the special teams. It's the coach. Josh McDaniels is he's what he is. He's a guy that accepted a coach job and then walked away from it and went back to New England. He is not, he's not a leader. He's not a leader amongst men. He went to Denver and didn't do well, right? This is not a guy that is a head coach. He's not head coach material. He's a coordinator and he's very good at being a coordinator. I don't think that he's a head coach. And the problem that they have is that I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome that over a season can they be able to win some statement games here here and there absolutely they can but i I just don't trust josh mcdaniels going forward to to lead this team anywhere i really don't Hmm. all right well i what what do you think tonight's gonna what what do you think's gonna happen tonight there jason uh, okay so i i think i think it's gonna be a close game i think if if car is kind of smart you should be targeting Devontae Adams like the bulk of his passes should be right. trying to get to Devontae Adams. Fifteen because, catches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like that that's where you that's where the ball needs to go. Yeah. But also too at the same time, like, you know, I know Barry, you, you're taking the Raiders. I'm I'm gonna clearly take the Chiefs. Because <laughs> well, Patrick Mahomes is just he that that dude is something special, man. Like, he's a freak. He's, yeah, he's, he's a freak. freak. No, he is like my goodness, the sidearm passes and stuff, and just just his creativity yeah. on the field. 
like last week where it looked like he was about to run it in. But oh, then- man. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right he, he's fun Come to on, watch, man. man. You, you know, when you talk about must-see athletes, he's a guy yeah. that you have to watch. Yeah. You know, it, it, like he – he reminds me of, you know, and I, I I hate to bring this this name up because he's such a disappointment now, but he reminds me of Brett Favre. You know, Brett Favre used to be very fun to watch. You yeah, know, he sure. just had this childlike, you know, joy when he was on the field, when he played. And I think Patrick Mahomes has the same thing. I, I really do love to watch him play. Yeah, I, I love to watch him play. And, yeah, I, I what I'm hoping for the most, though, out of this game is that it's just an entertaining and close Yeah. Game. Right. Yeah. Let's not let's not have another another stinker, please. No, <laughs> no, no, don't need that. No. <laughs> yeah, no, been too, too many primetime games have been bad yeah. this year. So yeah, yeah. I don't okay, know. I don't know, man. It. This 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 Amazon deal may may uh may, may not be may not be good for Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last week I said we should ban, ban Thursday night football, and uh, <laughs> let's hope let's hope that they go in that direction one day. Uh, okay, uh, sticking with the AFC West, we we were talking uh, Chiefs Raiders tonight. Uh, we talked about the Broncos on Thursday. The Chargers, the other team. Uh, can Brandon Staley really mess up Justin Herbert's career with the mistakes that he makes on the field? Uh, yes. This team loses way too many close games, and he came close to blowing another one on Sunday. Uh, deciding to go for it with a minute 14 left on their own 45-yard line, fourth and two. Uh, he decides to go for it. They miss it. Cleveland luckily didn't advance the ball, missed the field goal. But uh, he he makes too many mistakes uh, like we saw Nathaniel Hackett making. Uh, he could ruin the prime years of Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what's funny? And Jason is going to like this one. Um <laughs> For years, you know, I heard a certain coach in Los Angeles get criticized for not having great game time or game clock management. They wanted to burn Anthony Lynn at the stake. Yeah. Right. However, Anthony Lynn gets fired and they put in Brandon Staley and they're having the same issues. However, I don't hear the same clattering for his job yeah. that they did for Anthony Lynn. So, yeah. again, it's uh, just yeah. one of those things where it's just uh-huh. like the complexion, the complexion yeah. really makes it makes it funny. It, it really does. But yeah. going to your point, uh, Darren, Brandon Staley's not a good coach. He's not. He's 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 in that that category with the Zach Taylors and the Matt rules and the, the, the Nathaniel Hackett's is that they're they're the. The great young minds that know how to get things done. Oh, you can put Cliff Kingsbury in there too, as well. Um, you know, guys that just look the part and they're these great offensive geniuses and they don't understand football in regards to its trenches and what really makes you win football games. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't get it. And I don't think he's gonna get it. I, I just don't. There's just certain coaches that have it and certain coaches that don't. And I don't think Brandon Staley has it. I I, I just don't. So to answer your question, yes, I think he is going to ruin <laughs> Justin Herbert's career. But at the same time, it's the Chargers, and this is what they do. They have good quarterbacks, they have good teams, and they end up just, you know, not really getting to where they need to be with all that talent. So, yeah. 
And then that's part of the reason why Brandon Staley's job's going to be oh, kind of okay. Yeah, exactly. Because they have that talent. Yeah, right. And the talent will kind of overcome his mistakes. Exactly. Literally. Literally. That's what's happening. Literally, absolutely. Yeah, it's frustrating. I'm I'm a long-suffering Chargers fan, and uh, <laughs> you're you're exactly right, though. Uh, that's what uh, Lynn was taking criticism for all the time, and you know some of these heartbreaking last-second mm-hmm. losses. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything different. But uh, yeah, very weird how there's My, no. It, it, it know, might be a little worse being thrown back, back onto it, the. It might coach. be a little worse, Darren. It might be a little worse than what Anthony Lynn was doing. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, I do want to uh, finally congratulate the Houston Texans for getting <laughs> their big victory. Lovey Smith. You mentioned Lovey Smith. Love the guy. Yeah. Uh, really hope he does well there. I, I hope they can uh, turn this around. They do yeah. have that. Uh, they do have a good defense, and uh, hopefully they can get the pieces in place. So Absolutely. they can uh, be, you know, they they can, you know, try to nip at the uh, playoff heels of some of these teams and, and turn this yeah. thing around. Yeah, man, they're 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 on their way. You know, you got to build it slowly. Can't can't build. You know, Rome wasn't built in the day. But I think the way Lovey Smith wants to build this team is defense first, run the football. They have those things in place. Uh, I think Davis Mills is not a terrible quarterback. He's a quarterback that you can win with. Um, they, they, they need a little bit more skill positions on the outside as well as tight end. So if they can be able to have another decent draft, you know, in the next few years, I think the Texans can be able to be a very, very, you know, respectable team. Absolutely. Yes. And and I also too, I I just, I hope the organization gives Lovey Smith time. Exactly. Yes. Give him a chance. Give him him a chance. Give him him the time that he needs so that he can build up the team the right way. Because he's already doing that right right now. Right. You need time for the rest of it. Exactly. Like, you know, give give him a chance, man. It's it's about like, you know, we we're in the NFL that it's about what you can do right now. And people forget that the NFL's hard. The NFL is really hard to to be a head coach and to establish your schemes, to establish how you want to play. It takes time for your team to buy in. So you have to you have to commit to a coach at least for me, two years, um, even three years to be able to really see what you can get out of that coach. But, you know, we we, we don't live in that era anymore. It's about yeah. instant gratification and what you can be able to do now. So, you know, that's why that's why young quarterbacks don't sit anymore. You know, they yeah. come straight from college and they go right in because, you know, it's that instant gratification rather than, what, you know, letting kids sit. I'm still an advocate for letting kids sit, you know. So, yeah, well, one of the teams, uh, one of the only teams that uh, threw mm-hmm. in a, a rookie quarterback this year is the Steelers. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, is now their guy. Love uh, that I'm kid. I'm a huge fan of the Steelers organization. I love that, uh, you know, they've had Tomlin in place for so long as that real beacon, blackhead coach that really, you know, uh, can have playoffs every year, very consistent organization. You can count on the Steelers being there. Uh, every playoff year, uh, do they allow Tomlin to work through this transition to a new quarterback, a new offense, and, and on into the future? Uh, or you know, is it? Uh oh, we've lost too much in these these two years. You're gone. Do you do you see the Steelers doing something dumb like that? Oh, hundred percent. He stays here. I mean, the Steelers okay. have had 
the you know three head coaches in the last 40 years. So, you know, it just goes to show you that they are not an organization that believes in changing things when you have a good one. You know, if you have a bad one, then obviously you got to do what you got to do. But when you have a good one, those good coaches will find a way to be able to get back to where they need to get to. You know, I think what 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 has gone on with uh, with the Steelers is that they really haven't done Mike Tomlin a, a service in regards to this roster. Um they should have drafted a quarterback years ago. Yeah. You know, the fact yeah. that, you know, you can still have Roethlisberger there, but they should have drafted a quarterback to be ready. So when he was, uh, you know, he was ready to walk away, that they had somebody that can be able to step in and be ready to go. Yeah. They don't have that. Kenny Pickett is a maybe a year or two away. He's good. I like him. But at the same time, you know, it, it's going to take time. Tomlin has never had a losing record in his coaching career. In regards to he's he's never had a losing season. So, you know, this might be his first one and it's OK. You know, it, it's it, it, let them let them retool, let them draft well and let them come back, come back better. You know, I think um, Najee Harris, you know, he's a good running back, but, you know, he's a little banged up now. And and that's a concern. You know, you, you want to see some some um, durability out of your out of your big backs, out of your stars. But if, if he's going to be banged up, they're going to have to draft somebody else to come behind him. They have great wide receivers on the outside. So they have the pieces in place. They're just young. So it's going to take them a little time. T.J. Watt's hurt. So, you know, if Watt's yeah. not hurt, this defense looks completely different. You know, you got Minka Fitzpatrick that got lit up on, on Sunday. We know that. But, you know, with T.J. Watt, that's a different dynamic. And – you know, I, I still think they have a good core of guys. They just need some more pieces to put things together, and they'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, and and on, on top of that, Mike Tomlin, if if you're talking about coaches, head coaches in the NFL, there's no better leader, right, than Mike Tomlin. So definitely, you 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 trust in the process, and you definitely trust in his process, absolutely, because he's proven it time and time and time again. Right. So yeah. you just let him go to work and you just get out of his way and be like, exactly. <laughs> Whatever you need, Mike, yeah. you let us know so that we can help you. Mike, Mike Tomlin is one of those coaches where, yeah. you know, if you're a GM and you have your his number in your phone, you say, you know, I'm going to call Mike and ask him some a question. <laughs> you just don't even pick up the phone. You say, you know, what? I'm just going to leave him alone. Just no. going to leave him alone. Just, <laughs> let, just <laughs> let, let him do what he wants to do. I don't want to bother him. You know, just get out of his way. That's yeah. what you do with Mike Tomlin. Get out of his way, Absolutely. give him what he needs, and he'll get you there. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Steelers are, you know, such a shining example of how to run an organization. Yeah. And like you say, yeah. uh, three coaches in the past 40-something years and, and you know, the stability that's there and, you know, a, the proper direction. Uh, do you think Big Ben would have got his ego – uh, all up in a knot if they did draft a guy that was going to be the next one, like Jordan Love coming in and Aaron Rodgers being a little perturbed. Uh, we've seen it. We saw it with Tom Brady not liking Jimmy G in the rearview mirror there. Uh, do you think Ben would have been able to handle uh, his you know, successor coming through? I think so because I think you know with, with all of those other guys, they were still playing at a pretty high level. Ben wasn't. Right. Uh, and I think that Ben knew it. So Ben wouldn't have a problem with now. Would he mentor the kid? Probably not. But, you know, I don't think he would have a particular problem of them drafting a quarterback. 
And I think that they they should have did that. Now, granted, they tried. You know, they had um, you know, they had Dwayne Haskins that they were really, really high on. And, you know, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins, Uh, you know, that that tragic situation there. You know, I, I truly believe that, you know, had he not passed, he would have probably been the guy to take the reins. So, um, you know, they 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 tr- they were trying some things, but, you know, it, it's just one of those it's just one of those situations where I think too much respect was given to Ben Roethlisberger in that situation. You want to respect your legend. You want to respect the Hall of Famer. But at the same time, you want to make sure that your 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 team is set up for 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 success moving forward. You don't want to just, OK, this is our Hall of Fame quarterback and then. We have nothing else after that. You have to have contingency plans put in. And, you know, that's why Bill Belichick is who he is. That's why a lot of other teams, um, you know, have success because, you know, you have to look at the team going forward and not the the, the Hall of Fame player. Yeah. yeah. And it's got to be logical. You know, you yeah. have an organization to run. Right. That's why, like, back in the day where Brett Favre was a little bit pissed at uh, a person like Aaron Rodgers. It was smart. Yeah, but it was smart. Yeah, it was the right play. It was the right thing to do for your organization. You right, have to yeah. keep that in mind. Right. Every time that somebody says uh, this is a business, uh, you got to treat it like a business. A lot of people get a little bit offended by that. Yeah. But uh, a proper business has a succession plan. And Absolutely. They, you know, know that nobody's going to be here for life. So we need, you know, an opportunity to bring somebody forward and and continue this playoff run that we've been on and uh yeah and and hope they they can run the business properly because you know every every person retires eventually and uh you have to have somebody in place to take over the reins absolutely yep yeah uh raiders just scored uh they're up seven nothing so uh barry grant's looking uh <laughs> good with his predictions so far uh it's early but uh the raiders are on the board seven zip uh touchdown by Devonte adams well at least I, I got that part right so I hope, <laughs> I hope you uh 58 yard uh touchdown uh reception nice. for Devonte. so nice. uh raiders are on the board uh yeah, this is uh, hopefully this will game. be a fun game. Uh, it's gonna be a good uh, game. Offensive shootout tonight. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. No, I believe so. I believe it's gonna be a very good game, and you know, Raiders struck first. That's cool. That's cool. See who strikes next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tell me. Get uh, rate uh, number one through number four. The quarterbacks. In the NFC West now, we've got the Niners, Rams, Cards, and Seahawks. Uh, so far in those first five games, how do you rank those those four guys? Ugh. Ugh, come on. Ugh. Oh, man. Okay. Um, do we have to? Huh? <laughs> so do we have to? <laughs> Is, has Gino had the best start out of all four of those guys? I would say Gino. I He's would say, yeah, I would yeah. say Gino looks the best right now. I would say Kyler's after that. Um, yeah. I would say. Um, I think golf is golf has had the worst start out of all four of those guys. Uh, and he's the defending Super Bowl quarterback. Oh, you're talking about Stafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stafford. So Stafford, Stafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's a. 
it's not it's a hodgepodge of of quarterbacks in in the NFC West to, to, to yeah. say the least. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's not pretty, not pretty at all, not pretty at all. Um, I think I put Stafford last. To be honest with you, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are the Vikings ready to take the NFC North over the Packers this year? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's by default. And the, the reason yeah. why I say that is because, you know, nobody believes in Kirk Cousins. He's good, but Kirk Cousins is not a big game quarterback. And everybody, everybody knows that. Now, if you're just okay with him getting to the playoffs, then, you know, you've, you've achieved what you want to achieve. But in regards to getting to the next level, Kirk Cousins is not that type of quarterback. They have the talent. Yeah. He's not the quarterback to be able to lead them to where they need to go. Um, for Green Bay, Green Bay has, they have problems. And the problems that they have is at the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers is a poor leader. And the problem that they have with him is just that. It's been over the last decade plus that this is, this is not news there's been teammates that don't like Aaron Rodgers. They've come out publicly and said that they don't like Aaron Rodgers. It, he is not somebody that at this stage of his career, you can be able to look to for any type of guidance or leadership, especially at the wide receiver position, oh. and especially in regards to defense. And, you know, he called out Jair Alexander for saying that, you know, they, they're concerned about, you know, you know, losing a game to the Jets. And it's, it's, you know, listen, if you want to say that, whatever, but it's, you know, there's certain things that as a quarterback, you need to keep it in house. You don't need to blow up on your young receivers. You need to take them under your wing. You need to make sure that whatever you're demanding out of them, that they understand that and that they can be able to work on that in practice and stuff like that. But you don't show them up on the field. You don't yell at them. You don't call them out in the in the media. And that's the problem that they have is that, Aaron Rodgers is a big issue. And the other issue is that Green Bay's GM is not great. They don't surround him with talent. So, you know, I, I don't know how far this team can go because they don't have much weapons. They really don't. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's I, I think it's going to be the Vikings division just by default, honestly. And also, too, they let they let talent walk out the door. Right. Let Devontae Adams just go. Oh, we don't need that guy. Anymore. Well, I mean, well, well, the thing is that he left because why? Yeah. He couldn't trust Aaron Rodgers to stay. Ah. He, he, he's like, listen, I love you, but mm. if you can't commit to playing the next three years, I'm not staying here. Yeah. I'm not going to stay here, sign this big contract, and then I have no one to throw me the football. I'm not doing that. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's partly Aaron Rodgers' fault, and it's partly the Packers' fault. They're cheap, yeah. and they want to spend on talent. And Aaron Rodgers took all the money and let the best receiver walk out, walk out the, the door. door. So yeah. you know they 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 have a, a a terrible situation. Oh, and we haven't even spoke about this. Matt Lafleur. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's another. There's another yeah, young another coach. Guy. That's yeah. supposed to be an offensive guru really? that just doesn't understand clock management and certain plays. It, yeah. So it's just the, the league is full of them. The league yeah. is full of them. Incompetent yeah. coaches. It's full of them. Yeah. And, and the only guy that's actually young that I would say is competent is Sean McVay. Yes. That yes. guy. 
He's the gold standard. He's the gold standard. That's but but see, that's the problem though, Jason, is that people are chasing the dragon. So they want that. So for every Sean McVay, you're gonna have 15 Zach Taylors. That's what that's that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, gonna happen. True enough. True enough. True enough. Yeah, I'm glad you addressed the USA Today article because I heard your podcast uh, and, and when you brought it up and, and yeah. discussed it. Um, do you think we're going to see uh, how how many years until we see a shift to the best available guy, regardless of skin color, having those black head coaches finally taking the reins and getting the proper opportunities? It won't happen in the NFL. I'll tell you that uh-huh. much. Until... We have a change of ownership until the good old boy ownership changes, which I don't see is going to change. They're not going to. Why would they sell their team? There's no reason for them to sell their team. It's either a toy for them. It's a moneymaker. They're not going to. So until that happens, you're going to see the same thing in the NFL. Uh, I I said it on my show that black coaches or minority coaches will have a better shot going to the XFL and starting their careers or going to college and being, you know, head coaches at a big program that way and building yourself up that way. But it's not going to change because how long did it take for the NFL to accept the black quarterback? Yeah. yeah. It took a while. Like, Doug Williams literally had to win a Super Bowl, and even still, they said, eh, eh, it's a one-off. Eh. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's unfortunate I said on my show as well that I think if you're a, a minority coordinator or candidate for a head coaching job, don't even waste your time. I wouldn't interview for the job. I'd go to college. I'd go to the XFL. I'd wait there because, you know, until things change in the NFL, why why would you waste your time? It's one of the reasons why I want the Rooney rule to go. I want that. Just get rid of it. Don't, don't force these these owners and these GMs to, to have to, you know, interview minority candidates when they don't want to, because we already know that they don't want to do it. Can you imagine being a candidate? I have to dress up. I have to make a game plan, a playbook and all this stuff. I have to give you this, this spiel about how I'm going to be able to change your team and all the weapons I can be able to use, how I'm going to utilize this player and what players I'm looking at in the draft and how we can be able to have a good team when I know for a fact you don't want me. Yeah. yeah. So it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of time. So just, just get rid of the Rooney rule. It had a purpose when it was implemented all those years back to give us a chance to sit at the table. We don't need to sit at the table anymore. We all know that there's talented minority coaches out there as well as Caucasian coaches out there. It's just that people are choosing to go this side rather than this side. And it's not that my, you know, Goodell is doing all he can to be able to incentivize trying to get more minority hires and it's not working. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only so much Goodell can do. Exactly. It's only so much he could do. He works for the owners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's too bad that uh, that old boys network is there and uh, they're they're entrenched and uh, it's it's going to take them to die or uh, move on for some reason uh, to change the game. Uh, It was one reason why I'm I'm proud of Canada and the Canadian game because uh, Canada gave opportunities to the uh, the black quarterbacks. Warren Moon came up here, absolutely uh, showed his skill off for five seasons, 
and was able to get an opportunity finally uh, yep. down south. Um, you know, a lot of opportunities given to guys that uh, they just ignored down south. They came up here, uh, were able to show their talent. They were able to get some scouting and then finally given a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, so, um, okay, that's a, a wrap on the NFL. Looking forward to that that Sunday nighter uh, a week from now. Uh, oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. The Eagles, Cowboys, uh, it'll be super fun to watch. Uh, let's just uh, finish off with uh, some NBA news. We're really close to the start of the season, but the biggest story right now in the NBA <laughs> is Draymond Green deciding <laughs> to uh, use his teammate as a punching bag and uh, has has taken a leave of absence from the yeah. team. Uh, the team uh, didn't suspend him, didn't tell him to. He's decided on his own. Um, is this the beginning of the end of the Draymond Green era in Golden State uh, because of of this outburst and him not being able to control his temper and the video that showed that? Because we've had teammates fighting, uh, you know, over the history of the NBA, but not the video that shows a guy getting cold cocked and almost knocked out uh, in practice. Yeah, Jason. Okay, so Draymond Green actually did an MMA move, which I was kind of impressed with. Superman punch. <laughs> Superman punch Jordan, Jordan Poole into oblivion. That's yeah. what he did. And I was just like, oh, man, so he's been training. That's pretty cool. But at the same time, ah, I don't know what Jordan Poole said because obviously there was no audience, right? right? But yeah. even with whatever he said, I played basketball. I know what goes down on the court sometimes. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you deserve to be punched into oblivion over anything. Right. And I mean, like, yeah. Depending on what's said, like there's there's some stuff that's obviously, you know, off base. Yeah. Some stuff, but I don't think Jordan Poole even went there. I don't think he said anything of that nature yeah. to get that kind of response from Draymond. And also, too, the other thing that kind of bothered me was the fact that Draymond's supposed to be a leader on that team. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be a leader of that team. So him doing that, trying to solve that with like violence, bad look. Yeah. Wrong move. Wrong move for him. And then there's also a, a lot of other stuff that I was thinking about because now that the video was leaked, who leaked that video? Right. Yeah. Why was the video leaked? Yeah. Does the team want leverage against Draymond when it comes to negotiations going forward? Yeah. Is that what it was? Or is it uh, something else? Or did yeah. the, or did somebody uh, with Jordan Poole's camp on the team didn't like the narrative of Jordan Poole being kind of thrown to the bus because it's like, well, he seemed kind of different or he seems full of himself and blah, 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 blah. None of that made it, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, like, what you're trying to do is rationalize the reason why Draymond punched him into oblivion. And by the way, kind of a huge size difference between the two players. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Not good. I didn't, I didn't like it. I did like the fact that obviously he finally came out and apologized, apologized to the team, apologized to Jordan. Obviously, he clearly did that privately as well. And now he's taken some time away from the team, which is probably for the best. Because I think Jordan would still be pretty hot over the entire fiasco. He'd probably be still pretty pissed. So him being away from him so that they so cooler heads can prevail and they can try to talk it through and think it out, that's probably for the best. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... um... 
it's it's multi-layered for me um you know for the first part you know just to go in regards to what jason was saying uh the one of the video guys leaked it he leaked it to tmz and got paid a hundred thousand dollars for it so you know i i made a joke on my show i said listen if this video guy was making intern money he now has a hundred thousand dollars if he got fired hey hey got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank right so you know it worked out for him but um you know in regards to the fight itself, it's it's basketball. This happens yeah. a lot. Uh, I think what really sparked, um, obviously, the outrage is the video. Um, you know, it, it, this happens a lot around sports. You see it in football. You see it in, you know, ba- you, we, we had last year Bobby Portis, or it wasn't last year, a few years back, Bobby Portis had broke uh, Miritich's jaw in, in Chicago. You know, so it's these things happen. Right. It's it's unfortunate that it happens. And sometimes people do cross the line. But when you have guys in training camp battling every day, you know, jaw jacking at each other. You know, I grew up in a hood where, you know, we play basketball and you're scared to cross over a guy and make him fall or embarrass him in front of people where they're laughing because you're going to put that basketball down and put your hands up next because it's there's going to be a fight. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's just the culture. I You know, I'm not I'm not condoning it, but I understand the culture that Draymond comes from. And that's that's how that's how things are done. Now, like I said, this is a multi-layered situation for me. I think that what you're seeing out of Draymond Green is decline and yeah. it's not decline just physically. Is decline knowing that he's in decline. When an athlete knows that he's not the same on the court anymore, there is a insecurity that comes into it. Now, if you remember a few years back when uh, when K, uh, Kevin Durant was on the team and they had that blow up, right, where Draymond Green called him a B and they had that argument. Yeah. That argument sparked from Draymond's insecurity. It was, don't clap at me and ask me for the ball. I can play basketball too. I was here before you. I was Mr. Gadget Man and did everything, right? I'm a a key piece of this team. We saw what Draymond looked like in the NBA Finals in the first few games. He didn't look great. He looked very, very bad. Until he kind of got his footing and, and, you know, they ended up winning. But he's in decline. And I think he knows it. And it's one, it's, it's, it's one thing to know that you're in decline. And then another thing to think that your teammates know that you're in decline. So he's now on heightened alert, right? He has a young Jordan Poole who's worked himself up into the league. You know, he was a, I think he was a late first round pick. Um, you know, really, really got himself going now. He's in a position where he's an important, vital piece on this team going forward now. Draymond Green's importance to this team is still there, but he's not what he was four years ago. So we're now talking about a player that is looking for where he fits. And it's an insecurity thing. I'm telling you, as an athlete, I know that feeling of knowing that it's over. You know what I mean? Knowing that it's very close to being over and you do things to try to put yourself back up there physically. 
I'm going to impose my will on this young kid because I don't want him to think that he's going to get over on me. Although he might be better, although I might be losing a step, I have to show him that I'm still the big dog here. And that's where he stepped over the line because he's feeling it in the insecurity um, uh, category. I'm telling you, I, I just, you know, from what I heard from his press conference, that's exactly what hit me. You know, he said hurt people, hurt people. You know, he might be dealing with a lot off the court. Who knows what his personal life is? Like, you know, if he's, you know, if he's having some marital issues or it's just what I was talking about. His career is in decline and he knows it. And that's a tough thing for an athlete to have to come to grips with. Because at some point it happens to all of us. Right. So I, I think that's kind of what's going on with Draymond, honestly. Do you, want, do you want another uh, shot of that, Jason? You want to say a few more? Well, things? I was just going to add, unless your name's LeBron James. <laughs> never it's, and, Tom, and Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Tom Brady. Unless yeah. you know two people, then yes. You right. Right. And right. Excellent point. Excellent yeah. point, Barry. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Golden State Warriors had the highest ever payroll uh, in NBA history this past season. Um what they should have spent most of the money on was anger management classes for Draymond. <laughs> if they gave him anger management classes for the past five years, they probably have two, three, four more championships. <laughs> he caused them one, one title oh, yeah. when he yeah. got suspended. He right. caused them another few championships when he kicked KD out of town. <laughs> and uh, this has been a problem for a long, long time. I think it's time for them to get anger management classes or get him out of town. Well, I mean, listen, it, it, they this is this is like I, I wouldn't say that this is their final run season. But when you're looking at what's in front of them right now, Draymond Green has a player option. You have Anthony Wiggins. His contract is up. Jordan Poole needs his money. I don't think all three of them are going to be back. They're going to have to make a decision on one or possibly two of them. So if the, if there's an odd man out, it's going to be Draymond Green. Draymond. Yeah, it's going to be Draymond Green. And, and that's that's a hard decision to make as an organization for a guy that was a part of your run as a dynasty. It's tough. It's a yeah. tough situation, but here, here we go. Speaking about that, that whole organizational responsibility yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Is that you cannot pay Draymond Green $40 million. That's not fiscally responsible for the Warriors to do. So they have to be able to invest that money into either Andrew Wiggins or Jordan Poole or both of them. So, yeah. you know, Draymond Green is going to be the odd man out, whether they decide to trade him at the deadline uh, whether they decide to, you know, just just part ways at the end of the season. I, I just don't see Draymond Green coming back to Golden State unless he takes a severe pay cut. Yeah. And yeah. and on top of that, now the, the, the management, like the GM and everybody, has to loop in Clay. And yes, Steph. exactly. That, that, that those conversations definitely got to happen. And you All got right. and and you got the young the the the, the young guys coming up too, Wiseman yeah. and Moody yeah. and and uh Kaminga. So you know they have they have the young talent yeah. coming up now, which yeah. means that there's decisions that have to be made. Every yes. dynasty gets to that point where they're like, okay, do we continue this run or do we break it down yeah. and try to you know build it back up and and build with the young talent? It's just just the way it goes. 
Yeah. This has been a, an incredibly well-run organization. Having those two Ooh. down years with the injury troubles they had and being Drafted able to well. get, get another yeah. championship. And we talked about succession plan with right. the NFL. They have done a really good job doing a succession plan, bringing these guys in. And it would be criminal to give a max contract to Draymond Green Absolutely. at this stage of his career. Right. Uh, you, you can't do it based on what he's done previous. You have to be looking forward. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think he has to be the odd man out, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, you're right, Barry. This is the best time of year for sports. Uh, so much excitement coming. Uh, I get to, you know, just enjoy my life. I don't get to enjoy it as much as Matt Rule does, but <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good. I'm loving life. I'm glad I could uh, do this podcast uh, every week, and it's so great to have you join us tonight. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about the Grid Network uh, before you go. Yeah, man, uh, the Grid Network is, um, you know, something that uh, has been in the works for a long time in regards to my vision, you know, I always wanted to create um, a network uh, for myself in regards to, you know, creators, giving them a shot to be able to just build together. Um, you know, nobody on this network is where they want to be currently, but I think together we can be able to um, to get to where we need to be. I have, you know, we got Bryson Carver, Carving It Up podcast, a really young knowledgeable kid you guys need to listen to his podcast you would think that he's our age how he speaks about sports he's just right. he's just you know a, a way way him, yeah. advanced you know what i mean he's a he's, yeah. he's a great guy we have a a jets podcast run by alfred parsar jr it's called rocket fuel uh really really good podcast we have uh patrick brown who runs chaotic sports podcast he just pretty much started and you know trying to find his groove but he'll get there uh, we have the Cowboys can fan guys who are, you know, they're they're in Canada and they're Dallas Cowboys fans and they have a great podcast. It's very entertaining. Cool. Um, you know, who else we have? We have uh, my, my boy uh, Ryan Flowers based in uh, Las Vegas, um, you know, Clutch Sports Talk. He does a Sunday morning NFL show as well as a, um, a, a, a like a post game after dark sunday show so you know there's a lot of guys on the network man we grind we, we we do what we have to do and you know we're building together and it's it's really fun it's definitely love a lot it. of fun love it good for you man really awesome great to hear i'm glad uh your visions are uh coming true and always keep setting those goals and dreams yeah. and keep reaching them buddy absolutely man yeah. absolutely appreciate your time uh today uh, as always jason and, and you barry this was fun uh we will have to do it again now, of course, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. I I I, I, I wanted to get on here with both of you guys at some point, so I'm, I'm glad I was able to do it tonight. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Barry. Absolute pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you so much. No problem, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Barry. Uh, yeah, we will um, keep in touch, obviously, and uh, enjoy the rest of the Monday Nighter and have a great week going forward. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. All right, man. Cool. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. Signing off. Bye for now. <laughs> wow, that was uh, that was fun. That was great. It's been a while since we've done a uh, a three person podcast, but uh, so many fun takes and and lots of laughs. And uh, yeah, two two really great guys that I appreciate uh, that are in the podcasting world, uh, covering sports and, and loving sports as much as I do. So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to do a, a thanks to all the people that stuck in, listened, watched, 
And uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, your time. As always, super valuable time you have. I want to thank our partners and sponsors too, Anchor.fm, uh, easiest place to make a podcast. Uh, we couldn't do this without them. Uh, they are fantastic at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. So go to Anchor.fm and follow their instructions. Uh, you'll be able to do this. Um, I want to mention Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology performance and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have for any hockey player in your midst. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they are really great at doing amazing things for your home. Uh, West Coast vibes with nice pretty things and, and things to spruce up your home, make it look great. And of course, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. And you can purchase products on our website, completesportsmedia.com. Uh, really discounted rates and stuff. Go to uh, our website, go to our parent site, completemedianetwork.com. Uh, two podcast day on Thanksgiving Monday. Wow, what a day. Had a fantastic time. Hope you enjoyed watching this. And uh, yeah, tell your friends, tell your family. We will see us very soon. Love you lots. Take care of yourself and, and bye for now.